Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. Tuesday the 22nd of December, that means three days to go before Christmas. Uh, the market's only open for today and tomorrow. So Ryan, if we were to talk about this so-called Santa Claus rally, time is running out. Do you think maybe his elves are working overtime here? <laughs> I think they are furiously trying to get something underway because markets seem to be responding and overnight we did get some gains so investors and traders got some early holiday presents yeah but is it a case of you want to look for some good news so anything that gives a hint of good news you find it and this coming in the form of the nike and fedex earnings that were out overnight so that kind of like painting the picture that okay maybe corporate earnings season for q4 might be better than feared even with the impending recession yeah that is a valid argument right so much bad news has been priced in all talk about a recession around the corner hard landing and then you've got some bright spots with the earnings coming through from Nike and FedEx two big bellwethers for their own yeah. industries and other industries as well so that is encouraging and also building on the encouragement is the positive data coming through from the consumer confidence data in December rising to their highest levels in 8 months so they're showing that consumer spending is still solidly building on its previous month's gains. And if you look at how that is playing out, it is going to be good news for the economy. So that hard lending may not materialise to the extent that some may be fearing. All right. So I understand existing home sales weakened for 10th straight month. So if we look ahead based on this positivity from the data that we're looking at, what else should we be watching out for? Yeah, you mentioned the existing home sales weakening. So that also is positive to some extent because it shows that oh. the Fed rate hikes are working and cooling off some of that demand. So that's good news. So looking ahead, some of the data to watch out for will be tonight's GDP for the US in the third quarter. That is expected to be revised downwards and then for the fourth quarter, we could see flat that's expectations and that's data that I think investors could be trading on mm. and on Friday, tomorrow, we will be watching out for more insights into consumer spending. So that could be another interesting driver for markets. Okay, so I guess fair to say that the dust on that surprise BOJ decision is starting to settle a little bit. Yeah, that surprise decision by the BOJ to potentially just tighten its policies next year. So that triggered ripples across global financial markets, mm. including a sharp jump in the yen, which was up over 3% yesterday. That was its biggest jump in many, many years. And yesterday we saw some of that starting to unwind. So the yen starting to weaken against the dollar and we are looking at the Japanese currency down 0.5% to a reading of 132.34 per dollar right now. So that in some sense is showing that the uncertainty that came forth from the announcement is starting to ease up a bit as traders start to read more into what might be happening in the coming quarters when it comes to BOJ and its impact on other central banks. So maybe some, I guess, comfort coming through after reading into the details mm. of the announcement. You know, over the years, it's becoming more and more, especially during the COVID pandemic, the two largest economies, one sort of dictating what other central banks will do and the other kind of in a world of their own, they have constantly their own issues to deal with. How are things going in China? Yeah, interestingly, talking about another central bank, the POBOC, mm. they are in the news because they have vowed 
again to support the property sector. So not too long ago, in the past month, I believe, they came up with a property sector rescue package. And now they have come forth again to say they'll be supporting the sector by backing M&A activity and maintaining liquidity in the Mm. financial Mm. system. So all these factors are quite fundamental to making the property sector come back into life again in some sense. So it's saying it will implement a new housing credit policy and push for a gradual lowering of financing costs, so making it easier to borrow, to stabilise the yuan's exchange rate. So all this will also be seeing the um, support for private companies' financing needs by issuing bonds. So making it easier for companies and people to borrow. Of course, the big question is, will people want to borrow even though it's easier? So that's going to be something to watch out for. Actually, I find it quite curious as to what we will see data-wise from China for the fourth quarter because it is this quarter that they've eased COVID restrictions. And naturally, when you ease these restrictions, you see that uptick in viruses. Mm. In the papers this morning, the WHO is worried about uh, a new China COVID wave. Well, just imagine when the traveling starts again. We're looking at, obviously, hospitals trying to cope with the COVID situation. But what are businesses dealing with right now, Ryan? Yeah, the phrase short-term pain and long-term gain comes to mind because right now it is really painful for many businesses. If you look at what's playing out on the streets, you've got businesses facing People, employees reporting sick because of the easing of restrictions. So you are facing disruptions on that front. And your customers are also sick, so they're not going to buy your stuff. And they can't get to where they are because the drivers, the public transport people are also sick. So you've got this pickup in cases of COVID-19 because of the easing up in restrictions. And on some fronts, there has been some criticism that China has been going through this for so long, yet in the past three years, they did not prepare for this scenario. So Mm. that has been one of the more vocal opinions coming forth around how things are playing out in China. Mm -hmm. And if you look at hospitals, they appear to be struggling to cope with the number of infected patients. And that is all spelling out bad news for the Chinese economy, at least as pointed out in this quarter and maybe the forthcoming one. So we'll see how that plays out in terms of management measures that China can, I guess, come up with. Yeah, short-term pain, as you said. But having said that, you can't help but wonder... Gosh, you could have gone through this with the rest of the world and we will be telling a different story now. But surely this still raises optimism that, you know, maybe going back into Chinese markets will come sooner than you think. Yeah, going by what Credit Suisse is saying. So they're saying the time has come to build exposure to Chinese equity. So Mm. that bullishness around the China long-term story is due there. All right. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Ryan returns at 7.35 with a finance update. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.